Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health. And I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast. So please get in touch with us via Mano and Inverclyde on social media. Um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email, just type in support at manoninverclyde.com. Our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be hosting your 10 questions this week. It's the show where we ask a different guest our 10 questions on their time following Rangers. What a treat we have for you this week. I'm delighted to say we have another Rangers legend in Davey Robertson. How are you, Davey? Thanks so much for coming on. No, no problem. It's fine. Yeah, I'm still in India, unfortunately. Um, only for two more two more weeks. So, um, no, it's good to be on the show and um, I've followed a few of the podcasts. So it's, um, it's good. Looking forward to it. No, brilliant, Colin. Colin, be delighted to hear that. Um, before we sort of touch on uh, Rangers, uh, Davey, how, how's management going with Real Kashmir and, and, and how is life in, in general? Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, we're like everybody else, we've been hitting COVID. It's just over five years I've been the, the head coach at Real Kashmir and it's been a fun project. You know, started with, with nothing, no bibs, no, co- no equipment, no floodlights, no dressings, no kits, nothing. 
Um, I know obviously I ended up being sponsored by Adidas, 20,000 at home games, winning the I-League 2 into the big league and uh, winning the IFA Shield twice, which is, a, I think, it's the first team to do that for 40 years. So, um, big achievement, something to be proud of. And, um, you know, we'll see see what the future holds. Oh, without that, you're doing, you know, some job um, and, and winning the uh, British Empire Medal for, for your services in Kashmir, I think, just says it all. The documentary was 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 excellent, um, you know, I think come across really well. And uh, do you see yourself staying there a little bit longer? Um, I, I don't know. I think the owner wants me to stay another season. Um, obviously, I've got family at home and, um, you know, a wife at home that will only allow me to come away from home for so long. Um, but it's been a... I think the last couple of years have been very tough with the, the bio bubbles. This year's no different. Um, but no, it's been good. The documentary was fun. I, I just was a little bit unsure how it was going to be perceived with uh, all the bad language and what have you. You know, I didn't actually, to be honest, I didn't think I swore that much. And uh, until you saw the documentary, and you thought, oh my goodness, it's um, obviously I've been kidding myself on for years. <laughs> the thing is, though, they, they do cut it and they, I think every time you saw, they probably put that in as well. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but I thought yeah, you came across really well. Yeah, the hard part was that, um, you know, Greg, who did the the documentary, obviously from Glasgow, he he ended up becoming a real good friend. So I was I had a, a microphone on and there was a camera on me 24-7 and I didn't, I just, it was just like being with a friend. So he just relaxed and got on with it. And, and after I blew up or did something, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that's not <laughs> going to be on. I, I didn't think in and afterwards and I said, is that going to be in? He goes, oh yes, that's good. <laughs> that's uh, the best bit. <laughs> and I thought to myself, no more, no more. And I just kept. The frustrations of being in Kashmir's um, outweighs anything that's the normal or any you know common sense. So it's frustrations more than anything that get the yeah. better of them. Yeah, but I suppose you you take it as a great sort of life experience as well being out there. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't change it. I mean, I think it's made me a better person, and um, you know, you've seen a lot of hardships here and seen how other people live, and you know, you realise even just internet electricity how how we take all, all that for granted because particularly in Kashmir there's you know it's it gets very very tough at times with no internet you know the, the government have got a the knack or the ability just to flick a switch and there's no internet um, and in the winter time there's no electricity three times a day for two hours so even just a simple thing of going to put the kettle on and make a cup of tea becomes impossible oh, so weird, uh, a lot of things yeah you take for granted yeah, definitely without that. Um, no, I'd just like to say, you know, everyone at the pod, you're doing a great job and, and uh, you know, congratulations on that. Um, so, you know, joined Rangers in 1991 and you had a, a lot of success. Um, before we sort of get into the 10 questions, how, how do you look back on your time at Rangers? Yeah, I think I was, I think initially I was very lucky to get the opportunity at Rangers. And I know when I first signed, it was because I was Scottish and, you know, they're not, I think there was only two or three foreigners that you could use at the time. Um, so I think that was in my favour, particularly a left back. They're not going to waste a foreign spot on a, a left back. So, but you know, after that, that foreign rule relaxed. Um, I'm quite proud that you know Rangers at that point could have gone out and signed any left back they wanted. But Walt Smith showed so much faith in me. So, um, as I say, very very lucky. And um, you know, I just wish that you know I didn't move on to Leeds um, when I did. And also, I wish I could go back and enjoy it uh, more than I did. I think, you know, you take things for granted, you know, winning all these leagues and cups and what have you. You know, I just wish that I'd maybe enjoyed it. Not so much, I did enjoy it, but you could relive it and go through it again and um, because it's you know, special memories and you certainly take it for granted. Yeah, no, about that. But I, I think, you know, I think Rangers made a great decision in, in bringing yourself there. I think I'll, you know, say a little bit 
performance time. I was born in the 90s, so a bit before my time, but speaking to, you know, family and a lot of Rangers yeah. support, they'll say, you, you know, you was without doubt. Uh, still is, still are one of their, their favourite left-backs. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think a lot of the Rangers support would be disappointed when you when you left as well. So um, I think that just speaks speaks volumes. Um, so we start with the 10 questions, um, Davey. Um, question number one. What what is your what was your favourite Rangers goal? Um, well, there was two. Um, one was probably my worst one, um, which was against Aberdeen at Petodre. You know, I used to get so much stick, obviously coming from Aberdeen to Rangers, and um, there was times, you know, in the south stand at Petodre, I would take a throw in on that side, and I'd get spat on. I'd get, sometimes I'd go and get the ball, I'd get punched, I'd get coins thrown at me, and so much abuse, and even. One time I went on the bus after the game and an Aberdeen supporter said to me, he says, oh, Davey, you know, you're a you know, great player for Aberdeen and sorry you left and what have you. And gave me an autograph book back in those days with no phones um, and asked me to sign it. And as I signed it, he kicked me in the shins and ran away. Um, so I had a lot of death threats when I first left, you know, through the mail and at Ibrox and, and those kind of things. Um, so when I scored, I actually managed to score um, a goal um, at Petodre. Um, I think Loudon was two or, two or three nothing to one that day, but it was the greatest feeling ever. So much satisfaction, and I remember I sat. I was going to maybe make a salute or do something. I don't know what it was. I remember <laughs> Alan McCoy grabbed me and basically told me, "Don't do it," because he knew what I was thinking. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Because I was just, you know, I think every time I played there, they, they gave me so much abuse that it actually spurred me on and gave me more motivation to to play as well as I could, and particularly make sure we. We won the game, which nine times out of ten we won that won there. So that was a uh, probably the most enjoyable goal. It was it was a horrendous goal. Uh, we'll I see it. it was the, the, the right foot. It was the right foot, wasn't it? And he, I don't even. Know, it. I think it had both, <laughs> both feet. It would have been easier just to pass the ball in. I don't know what happened. And okay, somehow we went in. But anyway, it was a great feeling. But I think the best goal was actually against the Wraith Rovers. The it was the day when Duncan Ferguson stuck the head in uh, Jock next day. Um, I oh, think yeah. I got, he actually laid the ball off and it was about, I say 30 yards. Um, it's probably only about 20 yards, but it's, it gets further and further every time I, I talk about it and I managed to put in the opposite corner. And I think um, it was a real struggle of a game and obviously I think we ended up winning 4 nothing. but um, that's, you know, the best goal that I ever scored. You know, I've had um, you know, a million other shots at Rangers and they were never ever close to that. So that it was good that that one actually went in and um, no, it was probably the best one I've scored. Yeah. Just just going back to, to Aberdeen, that must have been, you know, sort of did you know that was going to come when you signed for Rangers at the time or was it No, I didn't because yeah. I mean I was never the most confident person in my own ability and um and Aberdeen to be fair didn't want to keep me there, although I got a lot of stick for it. They they were quite happy with the fee that they got and um I was actually reasonably close to staying but um, obviously Rangers came in and they basically wanted the money went to a tribunal um, and I never thought I thought I'm just a local guy from Aberdeen I'm not the best player in the world so they won't bother They'll okay I'm going to a rival team but um, it turned out to be pretty bad you know my, my, also my mum and dad still lived there and I had a younger brother who's 12 years younger than me and he got bullied at school pushed downstairs and my dad's car got scratched and penned and, and, and all sorts of things so um, I didn't realise exactly the extent to it um, and, you know, I felt bad um, for my parents. But, um, you know, I, I think after the first year, my dad actually, because he was a, a season ticket holder at Aberdeen and he just said, you know, it's the best thing you've ever done going to Rangers. Yeah. And, and, and I certainly believe that. It was hard 
it was hard at the time because you know you make that decision and you get so much hassle and stick and, and what have you and, and you can understand it you know to a degree obviously I was I played for Aberdeen and I know the rivalry between Rangers and, and Aberdeen it was more so when you know Sunas took over um, mm. at Rangers you know Aberdeen were a very very successful club at the time with Alec Ferguson and then once he left it began to go down a little bit and then obviously Sunas came in with a revolution um, and I think there's a, a bit of jealousy just because Aberdeen probably were the top team and then the Rangers took over um, particularly with the you know, I mean, they brought in Terry Butcher and Chris Woods and, um, you know, later on in years, you know, guys like Gaza and, and Brian Loudrup, no one ever thought that a Scottish club could attract those mm-hmm. players. So, um, no, it was it was, it was was a hard time, but, you know, it, it was a bit strange because I was two hours away living in Glasgow and away from it all. Yeah. And the only stick I got was some Celtic supporters when I went out. <laughs> Yet, you know, my, my family were getting abused all the time. Jeez. So. Um, and I was so far away from it. And to be honest, they didn't tell me everything that went on. Um, yeah. I think they wanted to protect me a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah that's just just crazy. I think, you know, we all know about the rivalry, but, you know, sort of hearing it like that is is, is absolutely, you know, mad. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you did, I agree with you, Dad, you made the best decision. <laughs> um, yeah, sir. When I look back at it, it's good. I live in Aberdeen now and I don't get any stick, maybe because I, I'm fatter, I've got less hair, <laughs> but they don't recognise me anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, question number two, Davey. Uh, where's the strangest place you've, you've watched the Rangers game? Well, believe it or not, um, probably a couple. I mean, I watched I'll watch Rangers TV, you know, when there's games on with, with Tom Miller and stuff. And um, obviously we're in Kashmir, I've got my laptop in, and I'll watch Rangers TV. But I remember I lived in America for 10 years. And I'll never forget, um, it was a time when Rangers obviously had to virtually you know, start in the third division. And they were playing Forest Mechanics in the, the Scottish Cup at New McKessick Park, I think it's called. Um, and it was quite funny because I got Rangers TV and it was early in the morning, it was about five in the morning, and I was coaching youths at that point. I was in a hotel in, I think it was California, and I had my laptop sitting on the toilet, the lids <laughs> down the toilet, and I'm in the bath watching Rangers play Forest <laughs> Mechanics. And I think the Rangers won 2 nothing that day. Um, but that was a period when I found I found it hard to see you know Rangers going to play Elgin City and yeah. Montrose and all those things. It was just a a bizarre yeah. you know feeling. You know what I mean? And I mean the pressure for Alan McCoy must have been huge because you know they had to win the league every year. And, and and I've coached in those leagues and it's very difficult. You know you need different types of players to to get out of those leagues. And to be fair, uh, Koisty did it, but it was just weird because that was during my time in America that. You know, you would just see them. You know, I've actually watched a game, the old firm game, the other day, and and believe it or not, it was actually on the regular channels here, which is not often you get that. We're in Kolkata, so yeah. I watched the uh, the semi final. So that was that was fun. Yeah, still. You know, my son, still. Obviously Mason, my Mason, my son, Mason. He's called Mason as well. So good he's night, here good as night. well. I've got a, goal, <laughs> a goalkeeper coach, Jonathan. We all sat and you know when the games are on and the times allow, we'll watch. You know, we'll pay the subscription and we'll watch um watch the game. So it's good. Yeah, still on, still on a higher from Sunday, mate. Emotionally drained, I think. Is it still two days yeah, off, three days off? <laughs> well, the best way as well, when you're a goal down, you come back and win 2-1, it's even, it feels oh, even better. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what a day. We had such a... I, I, I go to a local, sort of local Rangers pub um, in London yeah. and I was absolutely bouncing. It was brilliant. So you still got a hangover? Yeah, but yeah, I have it. Five day hangover, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, going back to, to watching Rangers in, in the third division, it was just... 
so I just, you know what? I don't even like thinking about it now. You know, we've gone through yeah. it and all that, but it was just such a, it was it just such a low time. Really. I remember, I remember there was a, a story, um, obviously I'd been at Elgin and I know how the board at Elgin work. Um, you know, every, every penny is a prisoner kind of thing. So I remember one of the games, this is just what I heard, was that they were going to, they only allowed to have so many tickets, but they printed more tickets and they found out. And then I think the the guy that had the pies, um, the guy that supplies the pies, obviously those pies <laughs> went to waste. They had to pay for those pies as well. So ended up backfiring <laughs> on them. But I think I think for the rest of the clubs in Scotland, it was good. You know, yeah. that a lot of support got to see them. They obviously made some money out of it as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it was good all around. But I think for the Angels, it was... As you say, it was very, very difficult to, to yeah. see it. And it's it's funny, I don't know if I'm a bit of a, a jinx or whatever. Same thing happened at Leeds United, you know, not long after I left. Yeah, they of course went, it did. Yeah. They went in a bad way as well. So um, I've been I've looked at two former clubs, you know, you know, finally get back to where they belong. But it does just show that both bounce back. So uh, that, oh, that's yeah, how big both clubs are without, yeah, without yeah. that. Um, number, number, question number three, David, uh, what, was, what was your best away day? Um, I think probably every time I went to Petodre, to be honest with you, yeah. um, it's funny because I, obviously the old firm games are fantastic. Um, but I think just for me, because of maybe the, the stick I used to get or I got, um, and also because it's your old club, um, I used to just love going to Petodre. The first one, the weirdest, the first time I went was strange because I walked in the doors probably a few months after I left. Um, you know the the corridor. Petodre is a small stadium, obviously. And you go down, you see all the same faces. And it's funny because they virtually ignored me. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they were told that. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I, I remember <laughs> we actually one of the games we played. We played it. Um, the first game against Aberdeen was actually Ibrox, and there was I was staying in the Moat House Hotel. I don't know what's called now, but Aberdeen stayed there that night. And I remember coming down the lift because I had a dog. And I took the dog out, and all the Aberdeen players just came back from dinner. And I'm, I'm going, oh, like, going yeah. to talk to them all, and they all blanked me. Yeah. That was the night before, and I felt, I felt bad. Yeah, but obviously, I knew what was going on. But when I went to yeah. Petodre, even the doormen, you know, the, the sector, people are floating about that I would know it. They just all blanked me. Um, and then you go in the away dressing, which was weird because I always went to the home dressing room. Um, and then I felt like a bit like an alien, really. And I remember going out for the warm up. And I didn't know what to expect. And they all started giving me abuse and booing me and, and all sorts. And um, But when the game started, I was I was okay. I think we, I think, I, to be honest, I think most of the times we played at Petodre, we won. I don't think, yeah. I don't even think, maybe maybe lost one game in six years, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was one of the games when they would hit me in the back and spit on me and give me so much abuse. But it just fired me up so much. And, and I just loved going there. I mean, Walter was fantastic with me. He would... Obviously, even even though Aberdeen's only a couple of hours away, what he would say to me is maybe on a Thursday after tra- after training, he'd say, "Right, you get yourself up to Aberdeen, see your family, and I'll see you at the hotel Friday night." Um, and then after the game, he would say to me, "He says, right, okay, um, if we win, which was most of the time, he would say to me, right, okay, see you on Wednesday after the Saturday game." So I get to spend a bit of time at home, and um, but it was, it was just a. It was good because obviously a lot of my friends would come to the games and, um, you know, obviously I had a rivalry with Joe Miller. Yeah. And he went to Aberdeen after Celtic. So that was always good to play against Wee Joe. So, broke um, broke, his, broke his ribs, Davey, no? Did he break his yeah, ribs? Was that the yeah, cup final? 
cup final. Six minutes. Yes. That's quite funny. Actually, he said to me, he says, uh, you make sure you sort him out in the first five minutes. But like, <laughs> we, uh, we told we you it was that. definitely the, the best yeah. atmosphere because, you know, obviously just the rivalry, but just the amount of stick I got that I just loved. After the first one was strange, but after that, it was fantastic. Just wasn't it? Get more out of it. Did it in the end just five? Yeah, definitely. I'll show you. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, number question number four, Davy. Uh, what was the funniest thing you've seen at a Rangers game? Funniest thing. Um, well, it was. I think this one. It, it just appeals to my sense of humour. I remember um, <laughs> we're playing Celtic at Ibrox, and um, the physio came on and it had the old, like it was a plastic, hard plastic case, and he comes on, and um, I remember. It was Brian Scott, I think, was uh, the physio, one of the Celtic players were down. So anyway, he takes his bag and, and he runs away. He obviously runs and he forgets to take his bag with him. So the referee's obviously waiting for the game to go and John Brown just absolutely blew it. No, kicked it, blew it the thing and it all burst and there was bandages <laughs> everywhere. And then I remember seeing that the Celtic physio were running around picking up all the bandages. <laughs> and you can imagine what the Rangers supporters were giving them abuse. Um, I think that's the... But there's so many things. I mean, there was one time, um, I think, again, it was a Celtic game, and Alan McLaren had this knack of pretending to take a bad touch, first touch, and the ball goes, it becomes a 50-50, and he just goes through someone. Yeah. And I think he did it to Paolo Di Canio, I'm not sure. And anyway, Di Canio got up in typical complaining and moaning, and the <laughs> ball was beside Andy Gorham, and Andy Gorham threw it, and, and as he's moaning, it hits Di Canio in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. he got even worse. I think oh. I've seen a clip of that, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. Di Canio, no, you just have to I mean, wind him up, wouldn't you? You'd have to, because yeah. he's so yeah, easily. But there's other times when, you know, like I remember one came on, a supporter came on the pitch, one when Andy Gordon was going, other time when Ali Maxwell goes on, you turn around and you see, here's, this, here's <laughs> the goalie or Ali Maxwell scrapping, John Brown always got involved with this support, and you think, oh my God, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> it's just, um, it's, it's so many, you know, bizarre, even, even at the time of it, you don't think much of it, when you think back, you just wonder, I mean, obviously these days, it, you don't get away with that kind of stuff now, but um, it was suck, it was good, it was a great experience. Them games must have been unbelievable to play in though, David. Yeah, I found any game you played um, for Rangers at, I- at Ibrox, first 20 minutes, you couldn't hear any of the supporters. But I remember an old firm game, it was a whole 90 minutes. So you were actually on your own. You know, you, mm. you, I couldn't shout to John Brown, he couldn't hear you shouting to me. You couldn't hear anything for the whole 90 minutes. So you're almost like, on your own. You need to have eyes in the back of your head um, all the time. And even, you know, when I was at playing against Celtic and the ball would go out for a throw in at the jungle. Um, I go and get the the ball, and it's a big fence here, and and all the Celtic supporters are spitting on you and everything. And when you, when I go off the pitch at the end, my hair is like uh, solid, it's solid with phlegm and spit and, and and everything. But at the end of the game, you know, if you get a result, it's it doesn't matter. It just makes it feel even better, all all, all more worthwhile, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, incredible. Um, yeah. Changed a lot today. You don't, don't get, get, get oh, that so much today. There's a lot of stuff. I remember, even apart from that game, I get sent off after six minutes. But for most of those games, it was almost like for the first 10, 15 minutes, it was a free-for-all. You could just go and kick lumps out of each yeah. other. You know, make sure whoever you're up against, you give them a heavy slap early on. And um, I know I probably shouldn't say that, but that's just <laughs> how it works. That's just that, yeah. It I think it's better viewing. 
You know, I think yeah, nowadays I, I, I think the referee turned a blind eye, and you'd have to be. I mean, getting sent off is unheard of, but. Even a yellow card in the first 10, 15 minutes was, you know, you're very unlucky if that happens. It was just like a, it's almost a referee says, like, okay, first 10, 15 minutes, just, we'll turn a blind eye, just do your own thing, and then it calms down after that. You know, it's good. <laughs> I love those kind of games. Brilliant. <laughs> um, question number five. Um, one player you didn't rate, but everyone loved. This is, this is a, quite a tough one on here. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's not that uh, I just think for me personally as a player, Paul Gascoigne, um, I got asked the question, Paul Gascoigne or, or Brian Loudup. Well, Brian Loudup, obviously, because I had such a great, you know, on the field relationship with him. Um, you know, I remember when Brian first came, we played at Clyde, I think it was, in a pre-season friendly game. And all this hype about Brian Loudup, and I'm thinking at halftime, he's not, he's not that good. Then I realised <laughs> it was, it was, I, I wasn't good because he was, he was playing passes and I'm thinking, oh, so that's where I'm meant to be. He was on a different sort of level. Um, but he was he was fantastic for me and it was great. But I remember Paul Gascoigne came and, you know, obviously he's a, a legend, a superstar, whatever. But he had a, a habit of getting the ball and looking like he's coming to my side. So I'd make a run and he'd turn <laughs> and go out the other side. And never, I, I think in about the three years I played, he must have passed the ball to me about twice. But he had that <laughs> habit of coming towards me, looking at me, and I make this run and then he turns and goes the opposite way and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, so I think as I was um, oh I did rate him but enough but not as probably not you know it's hard to say not as much as anyone else but um, yeah. I think you know just for me personally selfishly um, yeah he just kept going the opposite way to me making you do the running <laughs> I was one as well the, the goal um, he scored against um, Aberdeen I think it was the second one the, the league decider when he, he ran the whole length of the field I actually got past him and he could have squared it to me and I would have scored yeah. Probably just as well he didn't square it to me. And took yeah. it himself. I'm thinking there's no way he's going to keep going, keep going. I made this run and um, <laughs> I didn't get the ball off him. But as that often happened, I made this run and maybe I, I was a decoy for him. I don't know. <laughs> oh, he was some player though, when he got up. Yeah, no, he was good. Great guy. Yeah. <clears throat> Brilliant. Um, question number six. Uh, on, on the Gallant Few, we, we like to call it the, the Sasa Papach Award. So your Rangers unsung hero. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, without a doubt, Ian Ferguson. <clears throat> um, I, he was a believer, he was a, a neighbour of mine. Um, somehow I managed to, he, he lived in a, a Cala, the Cala Homes at Erskine, and um, somehow he conned me into buying a house there just along the road from him. And, and I later found out that um, it was because he, I think he got told if he could buy, get one of the players to buy, he'd get his uh, 
driveway re retard or monoblock. So he got a free driveway out of it for me, and um, <laughs> I ended up buying that house that I couldn't sell for years. Um, but anyway, no, I think he's. I think when you look at like McCoy and Durant and John Brown, you know, real Rangers men. Um, but Fergie is he's up there with those guys, but I don't think he got the credit he deserved, you know, and I think maybe because, you know, there was Stuart McCall, there was Ray Wilkins, there was, um, you know, Ian Durant in there, but I, I honestly think he was probably one of the best players that I played with at Rangers, and really? the amount of goals he scored. I always found that <clears throat> the games were easier when he played um, in the team, and I don't know how that is. Um, I just think he was so, he, he's just had that, he was hard, he would run all day, um, but yeah, he, you know, and he was a, a you know a real Rangers man, and but he just never got the credit he deserved. I don't think. And there was actually a, I don't know if you know, but there was a question obviously before Scott Brown at, at Celtic that Fer- Fergie had actually won the most domestic medals ever. Yeah, um, a player, you know, and, and it just shows you obviously at St Mirren he was at Rangers, saying he got ten uh, league titles there. So no, I think he for me he was he just epitomised that. You know, a Rangers supporter playing for Rangers, um, but I just found it hard that he never got the same plaudits as you know McCoy, Durant, and John Brown, those guys, Goffey, because I do think he was he was right up there with them. I think that's the the biggest uh, sort of compliment you can give him is saying when he played when you played with him, he made everyone else better. I think yeah. a player that, does he's, that he's one, is... I think he's I think he's one of those players that you know you notice him more when he's not playing. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's something missing, but when he plays, you just take it for granted that, you know, he'll win the ball. Um, and the amount of times he was always there supporting the edge of the box, the ball comes out and, and scores, and he scored a lot of important goals yeah. um, for Rangers. Um, but no, I definitely, um, he's quite funny as well. He, now and again, me and him would, um, like, share car going into training. And um, he had this thing about, um, <laughs> about magpies. <laughs> so um, he'd be driving in the car and, and he just out of the blue, he'd go, bastard. Like, <laughs> Fucking magpie. So he'd keep driving until he saw another one. Because <laughs> it's two, is it? Salute, yeah, salute it's one, is it one for sorrow, two for one. And he goes, bastard. Yeah. And he'd just keep driving. I'm thinking, oh, my God. But he, was know, he's not and right. he, had, he had this habit as well of, I don't know I don't know why he did it, but after the shower, he would, um, in fact, I asked him once. So he had this thing of, when he came out of a shower, like everybody would put their underpants on first, or whatever. He'd put his socks and shoes on first. <laughs> right. And after a while, I says to him, Why do you not? He says, Well, if there's a fire, I'm out of here. It's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Excuse yeah. me. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, he was a good guy. You know, he's, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Oh, good guy as well. Great guy. Oh, and that was uh, him. He didn't drink. We used to go on nights out. He didn't even he didn't drink. Didn't, he didn't drink now. No, no, no. Didn't he have the, the famous um quote? He said, uh people think I'm an alcoholic, but I only drink when, when Rangers win. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, he didn't he didn't drink at all when he was playing or very, very little. He was he's mad enough without it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> um question number seven, David. Uh, what's your biggest Rangers regret? Uh, leaving Rangers well there's two uh, leaving Rangers but also the nine in a row game when we beat Dundee United at uh, Tannadice um, I didn't. I don't think I realised how big it was yeah. to do it um, obviously at the hype of that season um, nine in a row and equaling the, the, the world record kind of thing but um, 
after the game, I um, I went back down. I'd read family and friends. So I went back down with my wife and family. And obviously, I didn't go back on the bus, which was a, a big regret. Um, and then also, the we were due to play uh, Tynecastle the week after. And that's when they came down in helicopters back to Ibrox and what But I was, I'd actually went to Leeds at that point. So that day, I was getting a medical at Leeds, which I, I virtually failed at. at, at, med- uh, at um, I remember David Dodd says to me, he says to me, are you, are you going to play on Saturday or what are you doing? I says, no, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm going to, to Leeds. So obviously I went there, got my medical. and um, oh, but I virtually failed the medical, but George Graham still took me anyway. But um, that's probably the biggest regret that I didn't enjoy. But I think a lot of it was down to the fact that probably in our era, no one had won nine in a row. So um, we didn't exactly know how big it was. And obviously I've heard the stories of afterwards. And then obviously when I, you know, I, I was at Rangers and obviously they wanted me to stay, but I felt I was 27, 28 and I thought, you know, I've been there for, I've well, played in Scotland since I was, what, 16, 17 and, and there's only so many times, you play players, you know, four times a, a season and, yeah. you know, you're going to the same grounds and there's only so many times you can play against Jim McAnally and Mar- Morris Valpass <laughs> without getting fed up. You see them in your sleep. Um, and then I had a feeling that, you know, Walter would possibly move on um, and I had a, you know, a great time at Rangers and I didn't want to end up, because I knew if a manager came in, um, I mean, you just think it was Dick Advocat that came in there, maybe it was him, I'm not sure. Yeah. Then, you know, you look after Newman came in and I didn't want to sort of, like I said at the start, I never had the greatest um, confidence in my own ability and I didn't want to sort of rot away in the reserves and, oh, this guy used to be a good player for Rangers. Um, so obviously I moved to, to Leeds at that point, but it was a, uh, I think after about two weeks, I wish I didn't stay at Rangers. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember my agent actually called uh, David Murray actually at the time and said, "Look, he wants to come by." And he says, "No, no, he's gone." That was it. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. The amount of I mean, players I mean, that say that though, when they leave is is, is crazy. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's funny it's because there's so many players that you know, like obviously I grew up as an Aberdeen supporter and and what have you. And, but when you sign for Rangers, something changes inside you, yeah. and then you'll get players that. You know, I've had great, even the Dutch players have had great careers in, you know, Italy and Ajax and all those places, yet Rangers are their team. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like like Marco Negri was there for probably six months, yet Rangers is his team. It's just, it's just something, I think it's, I think it's the supporters and the stadium, Support, yeah. the tradition, everything. Yeah. You know, and I, I never thought, you know, growing up an Aberdeen supporter that, you know, I'd end up playing for Rangers, you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I bet that was yeah. That's when it was funny because you know at the time when I left, um, I was quite happy to stay at Aberdeen, and it's actually quite a funny story because um, uh, I'd actually bought a house in Aberdeen um, when I was about eighteen or nineteen, and it was a semi-detached house, a new development. Um, so it was coming up to the end of my contract, and I didn't realise that they wanted to get rid of me. They they didn't want me to stay, so they offered me money, and it was something like say, £450 a week. And it was like a £75 a week increase. You know, yeah. and I'm meant to be the guy, the star player that's playing every week and, and all these clubs are wanting me. So I sort of says, God, £450 a week? And he goes, oh, well, you know, Willie Mellon out in the cliche on 500 and you can't. And I'm thinking, there's no way they're on £500 a week, those guys. So yeah. anyway, I'm thinking, oh, but I had a new development of houses and I thought it's a detached house, so... Like I need X, X, X a week and X whatever, but I had this car that I couldn't afford to pay the, the, 
payments for that. I don't know what it was, cut purchase height. I don't know what it was in those days. Anyway, I could, and I said to him, look, give me a, a sponsor car or a club car because every player at Pataudry had a sponsor car, a club car, even the reserve players, but I didn't have one, right? And then it says to me, this says, um, well, you're not a big enough personality to get one, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it gets better. So then Theo Snelders and Paul Mason came over and the club bought them cars. So they both got, ended up getting sponsored cars, which is like dealerships would give them a, a free car kind of thing. So the club had a car, the Theo Snelders car, sitting outside. And I says to them, um, I says, look, any chance you can, um, no, I says, you've got Theo Snelder's car there, out there. And he goes, oh, we'll sell it to you. Right? <laughs> sell it to you, want me to buy it? And then the penny dropped thinking, they don't even want to keep me here. Yeah. And then the amount of abuse I got for leaving, and it turns out that, you know, if I'd got a car, I may well have stayed. You know, oh, but then, geez. obviously, I'm glad it, it worked out that way. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, you go to Rangers and, it was a bit like my dad. My dad, my dad passed away almost a year ago. But I remember he wasn't too happy when I went to Rangers. Um, obviously, a season ticket holder. But when I went to Rangers, he would come to all the games. You know, European games. He came down to Leeds, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he obviously is proud of it. Um, but afterwards, when I, when I went to Leeds United, he didn't want to go and support Aberdeen anymore. So he went and watched juniors. So it... Even with him, it's a he changed his yeah. of certain things. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, it's isn't weird. It? My brother as well. My brother, he's a he's a, he's a season ticket holder at Pataudry now. But when I was obviously he was twelve or thirteen at the time, and and he was the same. He would come and watch Rangers play, and he just said that he was unsure who he supported. Yeah, you know, and then sort <laughs> of he went to Leeds, and he decided to go back because his friends went to watch Aberdeen. But but honestly, going to Rangers, it, it changes something. Yeah, I mean, I know it's completely different. I never, you know, got to play for Rangers, but even living in England, uh, I get that why, why Rangers? But it's once you sort of experience it, you you can't support anyone else. Do you know what I mean? So no, imagine I, playing I, for me, just being even. But bigger. even after, you know, like I'm going to the NASA event in, in Vegas um, next month. It's June. Um, I've been to a few things, but they always keep the ex players involved, and you know, and you're always made to feel welcome. You know, yeah. the Rangers TV now and again, and yeah, um, with Tom Miller, but I think it's like, and it doesn't matter how many games. If you played five games for Rangers, three hundred games for Rangers, you're, you're all treated the same as if you're always welcome. Yeah, look up, look after our own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I'm just too old to play in all the old. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, yeah, you should have been at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago. Gone. <laughs> my knees have gone now, so I can't do anything. I can barely walk now. Just, I, I won't. This is not an, uh, a question that we normally ask, but I've got to ask it because I feel like um, I'm. I just, you know, love to hear the story about it. But when you played Leeds um, for Rangers in the, in the two Champions League games, what what was that like? I bet that was just an unbelievable feeling. To, yeah, to get I mean, through. I think we were we were off um, even before the first leg, and I remember them. Um, what's his name? Uh, I think Gary Speed played a cross in the first game. I was obviously there was no Leeds fans there. And um, I, I, for some reason, I had to pick up Lee Chapman at the near post. And anyway, I won the header, played it out. Good clearing header on McAllister volley in the top corner. Like, oh, and it was just dead silence. Um, and I think that actually relaxed us a little bit, thinking, oh, well, we've got no chance. And somehow, the typical Rangers, like the Marseille game, they get yeah. so much behind you and encouraging. It's incredible how you just have so much confidence and belief um, with, the, with the supporters. And, you know, even after the game, 2-1, um, the, the media, English media, no chance, and you know, the Leeds have got a way goal and what have you. 
And I'll never forget going to, to Leeds United. Before the game, Fergie came in, Alec Ferguson came in and wished everybody all the best. And um, and then going out, obviously the opposite thing happened uh, when Hately scored after a, a few minutes and it went silent the opposite way. Yeah. Although the, the one or two guys that went to Elland Road jumped up and got kicked out. <laughs> um, but again, like for me, you know, everybody goes on about Ali McCoyst and Hately and Goffey and these guys. But I think really... That was a turning point at the time. Everybody says it was the when I got sent off as a turning point of Walter Smith's team. But I think that night was because, you know, if it wasn't for Andy Gorham, I don't think the history would have been the same as what it was, how it turned out to be. Because yeah. that night, um, he was fantastic. You know, I mean, you know, you're playing against Lee Chapman and Eric Cantona, Batty and Speed and all those players. And, they had, I'm not saying outplayed us, but they had more chances. But he was just incredible that night. Yeah. Um, and the amount of times it's happened, you know, we spoke about Aberdeen games at Pataudry and, you know, a lot of the times, old firm games, he was the one that kept us in it. You know, when we were really up against it, yeah, we've got guys that can score goals and, you know, but he was he was an absolute sensation. And, and I think he deserves probably more credit than any player that I played with um, at Rangers just for the success that we had at that period. Yeah, I mean, you still get the, the the debate, you know, still goes on now, McGregor, Gorham, but, you know, you do look at, as you just yeah, said, there's some of the same. But, but even yeah. that period, I think we played, I think it was an old firm game after Elland Road, um, but it was, I think it was a Wednesday night, the game, and then we're playing it, I think it was a Saturday, I don't even think they did Sunday games then. And, you know, obviously with a night out in Manchester, then everybody was hungover, mm-hmm. and I, I, remember, I remember waking up, I was sharing the room with Peter Hoostra, and um, I woke up and there was all these Rangers supporters on my in, in the hotel room floor in, in the room and I'm thinking what a minute and then um, obviously you go back and you're hungover you've got a light session on the Friday and then you go and play Celtic at Parkhead and beat them oh, you know geez. and what then time? I think I think the Saturday before that or the Sunday whatever we played Aberdeen in the cup final league cup final and we win that and in the space of two weeks you know you play two games against Leeds a cup final against Aberdeen and um, obviously the old fun game and, and you win them all yet after every game, you're 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 celebrating, and you, and it's just you know none of this squad rotation or anything. It's just you have to play. There's yeah. you know, and, and no matter you know the first 10, 15 minutes in games, you could hardly move. Just winners, you, you got your legs going. Just winners, though, isn't it? Just that team, just full of winners. Yeah, I've, I've always yeah. said that yeah. that team wasn't you know it wasn't the probably the most silkiest team, but um, you know you got guys like Goffey, Gorham, Hately, McCoyst. Ferguson, um, you know, even Trevor Stephen, Gary Stevens, they were just winners. You know, they go through a brick wall, and I think, yeah. and the team spirit was was incredible. You know, I think, um, you know, Walter Smith, for it being his first job, you know, first at a club like Rangers with so much pressure, where you have to win every single game. He, any time we had a bad spell, which wasn't very often, he'd keep all the, the the stress and the pressure off the players. It was almost like. We just carry on as normal. Nothing changed game to game. And, and if we played Partick at Fur Hill or Marseille away, the build-up was still the same. It wasn't any different. And I think that, you know, when when I I know when I went on the field anyway, I think the first time, the only time I was really nervous was the, my first game for Rangers against St. Johnston. And after that, he just made it almost as if you were going out. He actually delighted, enjoyed. You just, you just can't wait to go and play football. Uh-huh. There's no nerves or or stress, there was no pressure. And when I think back, and, and actually look on the outside now, Rangers now, the pressure that they're under, I know social media is different, 
Um, but the amount of pressure now, but Walter Smith kept all the pressure away from the players, which, um, like I say, it being his first job, I mean, there's times when he was under a lot of pressure and yeah, yeah. he never showed it once to the players. He kept it all away. That's just, yeah, again, sign of a, a top manager in it. Just, yeah, definitely. Know, it was, yeah. yeah, Walter Smith was, was one of a kind, as I'm sure, yeah. you know. You know. Uh, question number eight, Davey. Uh, Favourite Rangers song? Um, uh, <clears throat> you won't believe it or not, there's um, what I play a lot, I mean, not a lot on the phone, it's on YouTube, Penny Arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it goes <laughs> on for about four or five minutes, I, you know, I love that song, but also that one about the, is it uh, Four Bears Had a Dream? Yeah, Four Bears Had a Dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. There's a yeah. lot of those things coming out now, but obviously the old, yeah, yeah. He used to go on nights out and he used to have a good old sing song, but you're not allowed to sing those songs. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what we asked that question and every time we hold our breath because we, we never know what we're going to get back. But yeah, um, but no, they're, they're too... I, no, I, remember, I remember it was quite funny. I used to go to Aberdeen, um, like play of the year, and, you know, you go to the, like up in the north or something and and they do like a proper presentation because you know, that's young player of the year and we'd like to say a few words and you say thank everybody then you go to Rangers and you get a player of the year award or something at one of the supporters club and you'll say oh thanks very much and then they'd all sing give us a sash give us a sash <laughs> total uh, total uh, opposite so you've got to you got to learn quickly at Rangers I'll tell you <laughs> brilliant um <coughs> Sorry. Uh, question number nine, uh, David. Relive one. If you could live, relive one Rangers match or moment day in your lifetime, what would it be? That's an easy one. Um, <clears throat> if you remember, it was the same year as we won the treble and obviously almost got to European Cup final. It was the last game. Um, there's a little bit of history to this because at that point, Aberdeen obviously was a bit of rivalry and, and I got a lot of stick from them. So we played... Aberdeen at Parkhead in the Scottish Cup final um, to clinch a treble. So, um, and we actually were in the Celtic home dressing room and against Aberdeen, which is obviously an old club, but it made it even better because the manager of Aberdeen at the time was Willie Miller. And as I was a kid, not a kid, but 16, 17 in the first team at Aberdeen, Willie used to slaughter me all the time. He would, he wasn't the greatest in the ball and he'd make, play a pass to me and it would, go into the stand and, and he'd point all the time <laughs> and because he was such a legend the supporters used to get on my case uh, so he I mean I, I know now it was it was good because Alan McLeish was um, he was a good guy with me he was encouraging him whatever. Wally was just a grumpy one that any mistake he made because I was the youngest it was my fault and he'd make sure the supporters knew it was my fault so he gave me even in training he would slaughter me and everything so I remember that that game because he was a manager and I remember winning it and I just, because I was coming off the pitch, I saw his face, like obviously he was pretty, because they were, they probably had enough points that season to win the league in a normal season. We beat them in the League Cup and now we beat them in the, the Scottish Cup. I mean, any other season, they might have won the double or the treble or whatever. Yeah. And it was just seeing his face. So coupled with, <laughs> you know, winning the treble at Parkhead, in the Celtic home dressing room and then seeing Willie Miller's face all pissed off. It just, it was the perfect day for me. <laughs> and obviously against Aberdeen, it was just the, 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 the best day ever. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds brilliant. Because the game as well, we were 2-0 up. I think Neil Murray scored and Mark Cately scored. 
And then Lee Richardson scored with about 20 minutes to go. So it was backs against the wall. That final whistle was just, it was the best feeling ever. Just, again, just the, everything all, for me personally, everything came together that day. So it was, was good. Was that the, so that was the 92, 93. So that Rangers went unbeaten that season. Was that, was yeah, that the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We went, we went yeah. 40, 44 games unbeaten that year. Some of the, some of the teams as well, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. And I, I think when, some, I think what Archie came in at one point, because we'd gone through the whole, um, the following season, we almost won the treble again, but we lost to Nunja United in the, set, in, the, in the final. But I remember Archie said something that we'd gone, because we'd won the, the league, or the Scottish Cup against Airdrie Fulham, it was something like, I don't know how many years or months without losing a domestic cup competition game. It was something like three years or two, three years or something. We hadn't lost a, a domestic cup game. God, what a dude to have that team nowadays, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, question number 10, David, last question. Um, if you could have a pint with one manager and one player, ex-Rangers, obviously, um, who would you choose? Um, obviously, Walter Smith. Um, 100% Walter Smith. Um, and believe it or not, one of the one of my favourite players, um, should we say, that's been an Aberdeen supporter was um, Derek Johnson. Um, I loved him as a as a player uh, growing up. Um, you know, I used to in the back garden I'd pretend I was him scoring goals. And for some reason, I was an Aberdeen supporter, but Derek Johnson was the guy. You know, I'd get my mate to cross balls and I'd head them in and <laughs> I'd run about like Derek Johnson. <laughs> uh, I actually had that. My, my dad would never buy me a Rangers kit. So, for some reason, one year I got a—I don't know how I got it—but I got a Celtic strip. Oh, God. Right? I don't know how. I got a Celtic <laughs> strip. But anyway, right. So, um, so you got it in those days. The the number was on the shorts, but when you when you obviously you buy it in the shops in the Celtic kit, it was just the, the green umbrella sign, white shorts. So I remember I wanted to try and create a. I wanted to be Derek Johnson in the back garden. So I had this blue T-shirt. And I, I got this badge. It was a pair of pyjamas I had. And um, I cut it out and I got my mum to sew this badge, Rangers crest, <laughs> on this blue T-shirt. I would then put a Rangers crest over the green umbro sign on the short. That's more like it. That's more like it. <laughs> and I had, a, and I had, a, um, had a, a pair of Aberdeen socks. But my dad had, like, black socks he used to wear for his, um, his work. So I'd put the red socks on. And put the blue sock, the black socks on top, and fold the red over. So I almost I thought it was a Rangers. I thought it was Derek Johnston, uh, you know, scoring all these goals. Um, and it was funny. Um, I'll never forget this. Um, well, I was I was at Aberdeen at the time, and um, we had a. Uh, in fact, there's a guy from Aberdeen. He's writing a book because. At one point, Petodi was going to be no more. They were going to knock it down and they were going to move to, to Kingswells. I don't know if that still happened. But anyway, I got this phone call from a guy and he says, hey, I want to tell you memories of Petodi. So I spoke away. And they said, um, what's your most memorable goal at Petodi? And I thought back and I thought, I've scored four goals at Petodi. I never scored for, for Aberdeen <laughs> at Petodi. So... And, and, he, and I, had, I told him the story. So I scored one against Keith um, when we beat them 10-1. Obviously, I scored one against Aberdeen. The other one was playing for Aberdeen Reserves against Rangers. And we're winning one nothing. And I scored two own goals. 
<laughs> and we lost 2-1. And I'll never forget Teddy Scott, who's no longer with us. He had a go at me afterwards. You, you, was it, you want to fucking play for Rangers? <laughs> and I think years later, and I think, oh my goodness. It was meant uh, to be, see? Yeah, and again, I think that I think that day I was actually Derek Johnson was actually playing, so I actually got to play against Derek Johnson, even though he's a, a good bit older. I think he was playing almost coming to the end of his career, and I think he was playing as a centre back at that time. But you know, Derek Johnson for me was a real, a real, you know, not hero, but somebody I, I sort of emulate, I tried to pretend I was, you know. Yeah, no, that's... just 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 quickly, David, just to finish off, Water Smith. Just how do you, how would you sort of describe, you know? him as, as a manager? He's, um, <clears throat> I think for me, um, again, he gave me a bollocking once and it was the semi-final of the League Cup when the beat us one nothing, um, and Keith Wright or Mickey Weir scored. Um, that was my first semi-final at Rangers and I didn't have my best game and afterwards he said, he slaughtered me and he said, listen, he says, I don't care if you kick the ball out of the park 10 times. He says, we are Rangers, we have to have 11 players on the field, you can't hide and you can't do anything. And, you know, that was the one and only time he gave me a, you know, a bollock and a hard time. And, and to be fair, I, I learned a lot. But I just think he's, he's, his management style, you know, I think one of the first words he said to me when I, I joined Rangers was, he says, you look after me and I'll look after you. Yeah. And he did. I mean, like I said to you before, he you tell me to go to Aberdeen before games and stay a few days later. And he'd always, if you see your family's there, he, he talked to your family, like my dad and, and things like that. And and he just had this knack of, I mean, in those days, he had some, you know, real superstars playing there. And like I said, it's his first job, but he could keep people happy. You know, even if some players weren't happy, and I know how difficult that is as a manager. You know, if players are not playing, they can get pissed off for you and, yeah. and they can start things. But everybody just, even if you weren't playing, you loved, you know, Walter. And, you know, I just think he, when I went out on the pitch, it was almost like, Okay, you're playing for the supporters, but you're playing for that man as well. Don't want to let him down. Um, and if and if you look, and because I think you knew it, deep down, you knew the pressure he was under. Mm. And if anything went wrong, you felt like you're you're letting him down. There was one time, the time I got sent off, it was quite funny. Um, <laughs> I goes, I get sent off, and obviously you're not allowed in the, you're not allowed in the stand. You've got to sit in the dressing room, and there's no TVs in the dressing room. And all you could, it was old Hamden stand, and all you could hear was the, the thumping of the noise, you know, the, the feet. Yeah. And I heard it, and it goes, oh, there's a goal. <laughs> and, I, and obviously, because they're down to 10 minutes, I'm thinking, right, it's going to be Celtic, isn't it? So we Doddy comes in, Doddy Suter comes in, he says, oh, Koisi scored, Koisi scored. And I go, no, oh, that's great, that's great. So it was coming close to half time, so I thought, right, I better get out of the way here. So I went in the bath, right? And he says, what did the referee say to you? He just said, off. He goes, ah, oh, fuck him, fuck, fuck him, fuck him. And I thought I was going to get a bollocking, but he didn't. He was all in full support of me. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, it was it was good as well. He come the end of my, <clears throat> coming close to the end of my time at Rangers, um, there was a, they'd actually agreed a fee with Inter Milan. I was going to go to Inter Milan. And, um, and the good thing was that he said to me, he says, look, he says, there's the, there's a fee, we're going to agree a fee or whatever. It's a great opportunity. You can't turn something like this down. And, you know, not many managers would do that. Because you knew, but obviously, unfortunately, Roy Hod- I, I agreed everyone in Milan, but Roy Hodgson got sacked um, about a week later, so that didn't happen. So, But he was just so good with people, you know, and, and like he'd come out on a, a night out with the players. Okay, he didn't stay to the end. But 
he was just relaxed and players could relax in his company. Just a, a just a fantastic guy, you know. And um, obviously, I've lost my mum and dad in the last year or so, um, and then obviously Walter passed away. And even though you know, obviously, I don't I didn't keep in touch with him or anything like that. It's just it feels like something's missing. Yeah. Um, just because of who he was and what he did for me, you know, selfishly he was the best manager that I've played for. He got the best out of me, and you know, I, I can't thank him enough. No, brilliant, brilliant, Davey. No, well, that's that's the ten questions. Thanks, thanks so much. How did you, how did you find them? No, good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah no tricky ones. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. No. Yeah. No, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite open um, to yeah. answering anything. You know, I've had a over the years, a bit of a hard time, you know, with Rangers and Aberdeen kind of thing, but yeah, you know, just part of my life. It's it's uh, obviously it gave me a thick skin more than anything, you know. That yeah, you got a lot of abuse, so you just got to take it. Yeah, that's it, and you know, very very successful, Davy, as well. So, um, you know, just want to say big thanks, you know, for coming on. Um, everyone at the pod really appreciate it, and uh, all the best with uh, Cashmere again uh, this season. Okay, perfect. Yeah, appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you. Top, man. Cheers, Davey. And, uh, and if you want to come on another guy at your 10 questions, then please get in touch. Uh, but you've got a tough act to follow there in, in David Robson, that's for sure. But as always, thanks for listening. We are the people. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.